0: So send your questions to AskLisa at DrLisaDemore.com. Episode 49, Should My Teen Socialize with Unvaccinated Friends? It's starting to feel a little bit more like fall now. We are transitioning Mm -hmm. from summer. (laughs)
1: pumpkin spice season as we call it in ohio totally pumpkin
0: spice season already you know we are we have this annual pumpkin carnival and we're able to do it this year which is so exciting and i'm also hopeful that we'll get vaccines for kids under 12 by the end of the year waiting on that we got a question in from a listener who was talking about socializing with unvaccinated friends and what to do it's such a good letter dear dr lisa I've listened to almost all of your shows and look forward to them every single week. I'm dealing with a circumstance which I know many other parents are probably grappling with. What to do when a teen's close friend is not vaccinated. My daughter's almost 13. She's an only child, but very, very extroverted, gregarious and loves people. And this last year with remote schooling has been very difficult for her. We've kept her isolated for the first part of the pandemic as my husband is in a high risk category, and we did not want to expose further risk. As soon as she was permitted, we vaccinated her and resumed a pretty normal life thereafter with visits with her best friend, who she adores. Her friend has not been vaccinated, although she is eligible. Her parents have both been vaccinated, so we're extremely puzzled why she is not. We live in the Deep South where there is a high community infection rate. The friendship has somewhat cooled off as I have not invited her to our house. I am concerned that this will really impact my child who has few friends in the first place. I am terrified about getting COVID, but also very concerned at the loss of the friendship. Our daughter fully comprehends the situation, but I think emotionally it is very tough on her. Any direction or advice would be so welcome. You know, it's so hard because I found in that age group, it's so hard to find friends that you can really connect with.
1: I know. I mean, this letter just, oh, it just, you just feel this so intensely for all parties. You know, you feel this for the parent, you feel this for the kid, you know, about to be 13. You know, if you've got a good buddy at 13, that's a really big deal. Um, It just, it feels like Version number 743 of, you know, horrible positions in which the Mm -hmm. pandemic puts families. You know, it's just it's so painful to think through these these particular kinds of scenarios.
0: So what does the mom do right now? Like, what's important? How
1: do you drill down on this issue? Well, the mom has at her disposal an extraordinary asset, which is incredible empathy for her kid. And, you know, not all parents are able to summon as much empathy as this mom can. And this letter just, you know, it just drips with her awareness of how hard this is for her kid, how special this friendship is, how delicate the position they're in happens to be. And if the mom didn't have that, that's where we would start. You know, we would be thinking about how can she find it? Okay, she's got it. So then the question becomes, how can she put that empathy to work? And so the first thing I would have her do, and she's clearly already gotten well down this road, is to really think with her daughter about what this is like and how this feels. And the surgical precision the mom's going to need to do this is to ask those questions and to have that conversation in a way that doesn't make the kid feel like, She's doing something wrong or she's in trouble, or she can't enjoy the friendship, you know, and that that's the really you know that's the very delicate line the mom's going to have to walk.
0: So how do you start that conversation if you if your child has unvaccinated friends? So I
1: think the way to do it, you know, might be something along the lines of saying, you know let's say this let's say this friend's name is um." Harriet. <laughs> I, was, I was like coming up with like names that are no longer in circulation. So it's, you know, clearly yeah. I'm not talking about any kid I know. Right. Yeah, that would be a name um, not in circulation. Yeah, Not in circulation. Okay. So let's say this friend's name is Harriet. So, so she says to her daughter, you know, we love Harriet and we know you love Harriet. Uh, this vaccination thing, like it's kind of weird. You know, her folks are vaccinated. She's not like, what do you think about that? You know, so something like that, that's very clearly like, I'm just feeling this out. I'm trying to get where you're, you know, sitting with this. And then see what the kid says back. And if the kid says, yeah, no, it's super weird. And everybody's kind of weirded out by it. And I'm starting to accomplish a polite distance from her because like, I just really want to be safe. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, then that's one conversation or the kid's done most of the work. If the kid goes... Yeah, but mom, like she's my close friend. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's so tricky and it's so hard. And don't tell me I can't see her. Mm -hmm. You know, that's another Mm -hmm. conversation. My sense from the letter is that you're going to get kind of a mix of those, of the kids saying, I know, like I love her and I want to hang out with her, but I don't really know what to do or I don't want to be unsafe or I don't want to get you guys sick. And so then what the outcome is is, now the parent and the kiddo are facing this conflict together you know they are a team trying to figure out how to manage this huge dilemma of a dear friend who doesn't feel like an altogether safe choice for hanging out
0: mm. you know it's so interesting though i like how you sometimes say when when a parent is struggling you've you've mentioned this before S- toss a question to them. Don't go in there charging saying, no, 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 you can't do this. No, no, no. Throw out an open-ended question. See how they respond. But how do you come up with the solution after you
1: hear what they've said? So I feel like we could um, actually headline this entire season. Like one theme that's coming up a lot is safety. Mm. Um, and we're, you know, it's interesting. It's coming up around drinking. It's coming up around college. It's coming up around all sorts of stuff. And and I, I will say, Rena, I think the reason... For me, that's such a central issue is, you know, having cared for a lot of kids through a lot of things. If your kid's not safe, nothing else matters, you know, so it really does have that kind of primacy in, in parenting. And then also safety's neutral. You know, it's mm-hmm. not a good or a bad. It's just, you know, you got to be safe. Well, it's good, you know, but it's yeah. not like, you know, people have opinions about it. Like safe is safe. Yeah. yeah. So, but of course, around the vaccine and COVID, there's not consensus around what's safe. But in this family, there is. So I think the way a parent might start in this is to say, all right, well, the number one priority is safety. Yeah. Your safety, our family's safety. So talk to me about when you're hanging out with Harriet, does it feel safe? Mm. And have start there. And your kid might say, actually, it does. Because... If we're indoors, we're both wearing masks and we're at a decent distance from each other. If we're outdoors, we only take our masks when we're at a decent distance from each other. She's really good about respecting space. I'm really good about minding space. I feel really good about the mask I'm wearing. If your kid happens to be a kid who can really walk you through, again, you know, in a way that you trust is not just happening in the conversation, but is happening also when the kid's away from you, how they are maintaining safety, then the parent might make the assessment of like, all right, you keep hanging out with Harriet. Like the benefit to your mental health seems like it outweighs any, what sounds like a minimal risk to your physical health. So you let me know if anything changes. So that would be one way. Now, what if you don't get such a reassuring Mm -hmm. thing? So here, I think we go back to the principle of like, well, then blame us.
0: (laughs) If you want
1: to hang out with Harriet and she gets too close or she doesn't wear her mask and you still want to hang out with Harriet, well, then let us be the bad guys in that scenario, Um, either requiring that you both wear masks or requiring that you're only hang out outside or requiring that you hang out outside, you know, at a good distance. Let's make up any rules that will help you to feel better and help us to feel better. But you just blame us for the rules so it doesn't have to be weird between you and Harriet. Do you find that teens take you up on that, that that's something they actually do? It depends on the kid. I think it really depends on the kid. And, and I don't know, there's something about this letter that gives me a feel like this mom gets this kid, this kid uh, gets this mom, yeah. You know that there's a closeness. Yeah. But I think that would have to factor into the calculations Right. You know, that how much you feel like your kid's got good impulse control. Right. So it may even be it's not even like the kids being, um, you know, kind of difficult about it that, you know, they just they may be really impulsive. And so they may be a really super wonderful kid who means to do the right thing. Yeah. And then, you know, but you also know your kid just like, yeah, they do the right thing until they're not thinking about it anymore. And then it's out of their minds. And suddenly they're like in a dog pile on the, you know, on the floor, no masks with a kid who's unvaccinated. So I think there's a lot of factors that um, you might want to bring in. And so, so say you've got an impulsive kid. So then it may be where the mom says, okay, well, Harriet, it's got to be over here. It's got to be in our backyard where I can see you. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, it's the, the. Peace about it than being in the south, you know. On the one hand, the rates are very high. On the other hand, the weather will be agreeable for a while longer, you know. So um, that that's you know a plus in their in their scenario.
0: Looking at the mental health component and the risk, I think we're at the stage where so many people are looking at the mental health component versus the risk, right? Because there's no such thing as a zero percent risk ability at this mm-hmm. point, right? Mm-hmm. So when parents are weighing both, the mental health component, which clearly in this letter this mom gets for her child, versus the risk of catching COVID, do you have any advice on that for parents?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this is a really tough part of the pandemic, because what is becoming clear, at least to me, I'd be interested if this is your reading of the news, too, is COVID's here to stay. Absolutely. This is part of our lives. And... And so we need to get to a place where we feel like we can tolerate the risk that comes with COVID. And, you know, everyone's going to get there in a different way or not get there, but it will come down to some very individual things. And it's funny, actually, yesterday I had my younger daughter at her annual pediatric visit, and my younger daughter's not vaccinated, and we were sitting with her pediatrician, And my younger daughter happens to be in a school district where masks are mandated. And what I said in front of our pediatrician, and the pediatrician nodded and agreed and said, yep, that's right. I said, you know, she wears a a mask, her her friends are masked. We have reassured her, even if she gets COVID, the overwhelming likelihood, and the pediatrician finished the line, is like, she'll feel crummy for a day or two if she even knows that she's got it. Mm. And that, um, you know, compared to all the other risks we take in life, is just one of many. You know, we drove a car here, and, and that comes with risks too. And our pediatrician was like, yep, exactly. And so where I am, and this is based on my kid having no underlying health issues, mm-hmm. no one in my family having underlying health issues, right? So there's all of these variables that are very, very family dependent, is it's really better for my kid to be at school With peers, seeing friends, in those routines. We have seen the mental health data on this. It is disastrous for kids to not be in school. And given that I happen to be in a district where all of the mitigation efforts are in place, that can be in place, it's a calculated risk. But it's really hard to stomach that. But I think that's where each individual family needs to get, knowing their particular risk profile and risk tolerance. Mm -hmm. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be
0: right back on the Ask Lisa Podcast. I got the most amazing pair of bootcut black work pants that have been a game changer, all thanks to my stylist at Stitch Fix. The stylists understand your style, your size, your budget, and they do all the shopping for you. It took a couple of tries for the stylist and I to really see eye to eye, and once they did, it's such a game changer. I asked for a pair of black pants that make my legs look good and also would look good with a blouse or a nice top. They really nailed it. And then they found another cardigan for me that really works. I also love that they show you different styles of how you can put these outfits together. I love that it feels that like she can read my mind now and we've got a rhythm to where all I do is say, I need this type of wardrobe piece and she sends it to me and it fits and it works. Styles that make you feel as good as you look. Get started today at Stitchfix.com slash Ask Lisa. That's Stitchfix.com slash Ask Stitchfix.com slash Ask Lisa. I love doing laundry now because of Earth Breeze. Earthbreeze are these eco sheets that look just like a dryer sheet, but it's ultra concentrated, liquidless, so you don't have that drippy goo from plastic jugs. Earthbreeze is really tough on stains, even odors. And if you've got teens, you know about those odors. Dermatologists tested, hypoallergenic, and also free of bleach, dyes, and parabens. Fragrance-free option is also there for anyone who wants it. So what Earth Breeze did was they got rid of the unnecessary chemicals for a formula that's kind to sensitive skin of all ages, and that includes babies. And I love that I just order online and the shipment comes right to my door when I need it. So right now, our listeners at Ask Lisa can receive forty percent off of Earth Breeze. That's right, forty percent off, just by going to Earthbreeze.com/asklisa. That's Earthbreeze.com/slash. Ask Lisa to cut out single-use plastic in your laundry room and get your 40% off your
1: subscription. earthbreeze.com
0: slash asklisa.
1: Did you know that most bedding is made with harsh chemicals, like from aldehyde, synthetic pesticides, and toxic dyes? Luckily, one company is changing this standard for good. Bowling Branch Sheets, which you know I love, uses the rarest 100% organic cotton that's traceable from family farm to your family home. I have had my Bowling Branch sheets for a while now, and I love them. They feel like butter. In fact, I am so used to them now that when I travel, as I often do for work, I take my Bolin Branch pillowcase with me and I put it on the pillow in the hotel room so I can enjoy that softness, at least on my face, even when I'm not sleeping in my own bed. Sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Boland Branch. Get 15% off your first order when you use the promo code ASKLISA at com. That's Boland Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. Promo code ASKLISA. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to the Ask Lisa
0: podcast. So Lisa, what do you do? I mean, because I think we're both fortunate to sort of live in communities where I think you know, people are masking up, they're taking precautions. But as this pandemic grows, I am seeing some people want to now unmask in the classroom regardless of Delta, you know, opinions change over the course. How do you bridge that divide with your child if the people they hang out with might have totally different
1: rules at this point in the pandemic? It's so tough, right? It's so tough. And I think part of it is people are just tired. Yes, you know, tired of dealing with it. And so I get it. I don't agree with it personally, but I get it where people are like, I just, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, I get it. Should this parent reach out to the other mom and have a conversation? When's the point
0: that you need to talk to a parent and have a conversation? Because people are sick of it and you never know how conservative or tolerant or, or where they fall with masks
1: and even vaccinations, right? Yeah, um... My very strong gut, and I have to unpack where this strong gut is coming from, is that this is not a phone call worth making. Really? Why do you say that? They're good friends, right? Um, The kids are good friends, right? And so there may even be a long history with the other parent. Um, When it comes to our own children's health choices, unless the law says otherwise, people do get to make the call. And... It just so rarely goes well to have another parent weigh in on something as personal as health choices you're making for your child, um, especially if it comes completely unsolicited, right? It'd be one thing if Harriet's mom called and said, you know, we're going back and forth about the vaccine. What do you think? You know, that's, that's one conversation. <laughs> right, right. But to call Harriet's folks and be like, you know, I'm wondering— or can you help me understand, given that you're vaccinated, I just feel like that is going to blow up. And it's either going to blow up on the phone or it's going to just mm. go badly. And and this, you know, this is an interesting thing in parenting because it happens a lot, especially as kids become teenagers, that a parent has information or questions about another kid's behavior around mm-hmm. health or safety. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a tough one. Because it it very rarely goes well to make an end run around the kids and have it be a phone call parent to parent. But it does raise, now that you mention it, one more possibility for the writer of the letter and her own kid, which is it's an okay conversation maybe for the kids to have. And so it might be worth as a parent saying to the daughter, what's your sense about why Harriet's not vaccinated? You know, just to ask your own kid. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't get it. Like, her parents are vaccinated. Like, what do you know about it? And see if there's any room in there to work. Because maybe the girl has information. Or maybe the girl says, yeah, she's really scared of needles. You know, or maybe there's, you know, something there. There's more information to work with that can be obtained without getting on the horn with Harriet's family and almost certainly creating more trouble. And then, of course, in my dream scenario, (laughs) the parent can be like, oh, she's frightened of needles. Terrific. You can help her with that. I'll help you help her with that. That would be a wonderful outcome. And needle phobia is not that rare, actually, Rena. It's one of those things that um, is a much bigger player in vaccine refusal than necessarily gets acknowledged. Um, People who don't like needles really don't like needles. Wow. I never knew that. That's so fascinating.
0: You know, going back to this letter, um, the mom is acknowledging the friendship is somewhat cooled off and they haven't really invited her to the home. When you're at, I you know we've done a podcast about, you know, trying to help kids make new friends and, and you say it's totally possible in the teenage years. But, you know, looking at what really matters at this point, for me going into the pandemic, I just didn't want my kids to be scared, like scared of COVID, create the anxiety in their head. So we talk about it a lot. But what do you think really matters when you've seen the early mental health research and this pandemic and mental health? What do you think matters that parents should focus on in a situation like this when you're coming with families that might not be on the same page as you?
1: It's a great opportunity actually to model healthy conflict. You know, it's a great opportunity to talk With your kid about, you know, we don't agree with that family or that family choices are making us uncomfortable. We have options for how to pursue this. Um, You can ask Harriet if you want to about what's going on. You can have her over, but we'll supervise it if you need that. Um, Do you want me to reach out to her parent? You know, I'm sure that there will be a big fat (laughs) no to that. But what's horrible and full of potential in the pandemic is that kids are watching their parents having to navigate very, very delicate interpersonal interactions. And so let's just then make a masterclass of it. And so, and this mom from this letter is so clearly equipped to do it. You know, she gets her kids, she thinks in really, you know, kind of multi-perspective ways. And so take advantage of these really awkward situations, to think through every possibility, to think through how it could be handled, to think through the unintended consequences of any choice that the child or the parent makes for trying to navigate the conflict. There's never been a scenario where we're going to like what every other family around us does, where we're going to like what other choices parents are making. Um, The (laughs) pandemic has given us 40 versions of that story. (laughs) So why don't we have a lot of dinner table conversations that don't necessarily drive towards a frightened or an ultimatum kind of reaction, but instead sit with that nuance, sit with options, sit with consequences of what may come, you know, that may come as a result of any given choice. Man, you know, a kid who is almost 13 is so ready for this, and it has been brought to this family's doorstep wow that's great advice to have them look at this
0: as a way of modeling
1: how to deal with conflict i never thought of that yeah well we might as well get as much out of this pandemic that we yeah. can because so much of it is miserable so if they if it can help us in our parenting and help with some of the hardest parts in parenting yeah we got to take it we got to make what we can of it that's so great what do you have for us for parenting to go lisa what i'm thinking about in this is this mother's very, very high level of containment that's very impressive. Um, You know, we talked in a past episode about expression and containment. And this mom is doing the most beautiful job of containing her own feelings around this and just weighing and thinking it through. And so I think for parenting to go, what I want us to remember as parents is a lot of our good parenting happens in what we do say. And a lot of our good parenting happens in what we don't say. This mom has not It seems from the letter, been critical or harsh about this kid. She has not picked up the phone and asked questions of this other family. She's done a beautiful job of containing her own strong reaction, which makes sense. The reaction does. And she's laid the groundwork for really deep and thoughtful conversations with her own kid. It's great. Next week, we're going to talk about how
0: you can build your kid's confidence and self-esteem. Thank you, Lisa. I'll see you next week. See you next week. If you're looking for additional resources, check out Lisa's website at drlisademour.com. We'll see you next week.